Hello everyone, and welcome to the pilot episode of Sweating the Small Stuff, a show for the curious. I'm your host Cameron Boozard-Jamary, and for the pilot, I thought we would talk about a franchise with a few of my favorite pilots, Star Wars. Stick with me, and I'll introduce you to a weird role sound can play in the Star Wars universe. So, in Star Wars, there are dogfights. Lots of really cool dogfights, where you've got TIE fighters, X-wings, Y-bombers, A-wings, every gambit of starship you can imagine just blasting each other out of the sky, whether it's Luke Skywalker doing the Death Star Trench Run, or it's Anakin doing a far less interesting Naboo fighter taking out whatever those control ships were. The entire franchise is just littered with epic space battles. Quite frankly, I don't consider it to be Star Wars without epic space battles. But then, I came to appreciate something that always bothered me about those dogfights. Most of them are in space. That means you would never hear the screech of a TIE fighter or the satisfying blast when your torpedoes hit the mark. Even crazier, literally no one would have heard the Death Star explode. Just imagine it in your mind. Think back to episode 4, Luke's flying down the Death Star trench, he lets loose his torpedoes. John Williams' theme swells as the ships are fleeing what is an impending explosion, and then, boom, the Death Star explodes and this incredible shockwave passes by the screen, giving you that satisfying crunch of this is how you blow up a giant space station. There's just one problem. In the vacuum of space, you can't hear any sounds. The explosion would still look pretty cool, but that shockwave passing by? Yeah, you wouldn't hear any of that. Now I'm sure you could argue that a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there's a lot more air in space, but let's be realistic. That's probably not how space works in any version of this universe. So let's just quickly go through the science of why you wouldn't hear an explosion in space, and then let me give you some of the background on how Star Wars tries to reconcile that. From DangerousDecibels.org, this is how we, as humans, perceive sound. Sound waves travel into the ear canal until they reach the eardrum. When sounds hit your eardrum, it causes the eardrum to vibrate. Those vibrations then pass along the middle ear bone to the inner ear bone. Inside the inner ear are thousands of tiny little hair cells. The hair cells change the vibrations into the neurological impulses that are interpreted by your brain as sound. It's all interpretation of those vibrations. But in order for your eardrum to vibrate, there has to be something that actually causes it to shake back and forth. For instance, when I'm speaking right now into this microphone, air is being pushed out of my lungs to the microphone where it causes the magnet inside of the microphone to vibrate back and forth so that it can be recorded as an electrical signal by the computer. But without air, you wouldn't be hearing anything. The same problem holds true in space. Last I checked, astronauts don't wear spacesuits because there's too much air in space. But lucky for us, as always, Star Wars expanded lore comes to the rescue. According to people maintaining the Physics and Star Wars wiki article, yeah, I know, I really did my research. There are two ways that sound supposedly works on these ships in the Star Wars universe. Option one, and I'm going to point out this is the boring one. According to different novels, it is implied that many of the characters do not in fact hear the sounds we hear when we watch the movies. According to the wiki article, quote, the ability to hear sound in a vacuum by the audience is not heard by the iconic characters, but only to the audience 
as an interpretation to imagine what sounds we hear in the film as out-of-universe artifacts. So according to this explanation, at the end of A New Hope, when they blow up the Death Star, there is no satisfying explosion that can be heard. Only the sight of an entire massive space station the size of a moon being blasted into a ton of bits. Incomplete silence. Complete, boring silence. I know that's not very fun, which brings me to explanation two, from the same wiki article, fortunately, so I didn't have to look far. In explanation two, they suggest that the sounds we hear are the product of, quote, a sensor system that creates three-dimensional sound inside of the cockpit or bridge matching external movements of other vessels as a form of multimodal interface. Now, the second explanation is the one I want you to keep in mind because this is where the fun begins. So let's step back for a second and appreciate the fact that this is supposed to be your starship sensing other objects moving around it and creating audio to mimic their movements around you so that you can actually win a dogfight. If you've ever played a shooter or a flight simulator or most kinds of games, you know the difference that 3D sound can make. And if you don't, I strongly suggest you get some better headphones. Is the difference between MVP and a bad KD? Is the difference between Global Elite and Forever being Silver Tier? But most people who play games know you can typically mod those games with custom skins and looks, or better yet, custom sounds. And you don't even have to go that far to do it. In many video games, they have region-specific audio, so if I'm playing the game in the United States, I'll get the American audio, and if I'm playing the game in Germany, I'll get the German audio, and that means a lot of the sounds can be swapped out. And this isn't modding, this is just in the code that is currently on your computer for that game. The same is true for modding, where I can choose to have different characters or items or objects have different, sometimes very hilarious sounds. Now think of it. You just fired missiles at the exhaust port of the Death Star. You're flying away from the Death Star, and from behind you, you get the most satisfying duck quack you have ever heard. Or you're in a dogfight, and the ships are whooshing past you, making literal noises like a toddler yelling into a microphone. Or better yet still, literally every blaster noise becomes a different flavor of pew, 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 pew. And why wouldn't you? Star Wars is the story of ragtag misfits scraping together just enough to get by. I find it hard to believe that not one rebel fighter has had a custom MP3 in its multimodal interface. You would be able to make any spaceship sound like anything, which drastically reframes the trench scene at the end of episode 4. And this is not limited to just fighters. When you see things flying past the bridge of giant spaceships, those things are also using the same sound system. So are you telling me no one in the Empire has ever hacked into that thing as a goof to just make everything make obnoxious animal noises instead of actual sounds of TIE fighters and X-Wings screeching past each other? The potential here is limitless. And now I'm going to use that example as a plug for what I want this show to be. My hope for sweating the small stuff is for it to be exactly that chance to explore how little details can give incredible context to any story. And don't act like you're not going to imagine that one A-wing hangout in the background of any dogfight isn't actually listening to hilarious dog barks instead of a TIE fighter screeching past its nose. Come on, that's a way funnier thing to think about. Anyway, my name is Cameron Boozer-Germary, and I hope you enjoyed this show and got a good peek into why I started it. From movies to media to the world around us, it's the details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. <laughs>